Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thanks for tuning in to the Tampa Bay Rowdies coverage. Really appreciate everyone for showing love and support to the podcast. Appreciate all the boys putting in their fair share of the work. Um, we have a lot to cover in this episode regarding the Tampa Bay Rowdies. They just played this past weekend against Hartford Athletic. Uh, we won 2-1. Um, and it was a very, very fun game to watch. Not only did you know we come out and immediately after 13 minutes go down 1-0 um shout out to their guy Amo uh scored in the 13th minute there was a lot of cards given out in this game so we have to watch out going forward as an as a club um but we'll get into that Cal Jennings had a very very good performance against Hartford Athletic he scored in the extra in extra time of the first half uh with a stellar you know, kind of tap in there, really good control, made a really good break, and just really showed what he can do and what his upside and potential is. And I was shitting on him all earlier in the season. Trust me, I know. But like, this was why, you know, because this is what I knew he was capable of. And he was not showing any glimpses of this for stretches. Now the past three, four games with Nicky Law, he's now being utilized, you know, probably better than ever. And I think he's now being able to showcase his abilities, although he did have a bad miss later on in the match in the second half. Um, and it still kind of showed. He's still, trying, he's still trying to work on some things, but this is a guy we could see in the MLS. He really is. He has the speed. He has the potential touch. He just needs the finishing moves. That's really all that he needs. And honestly, I know that's all, like, you know, I'm saying that's all that he needs. It's a lot to perfect and put in your arsenal in a sense. But man, uh, if he's able to do that, he'll be a special player. Just drinking some spring water right now. I apologize. Um, Moving forward, like I was saying, Dayon Harris did get a yellow in the 54th minute. And he was subbed out two minutes later. For Joshua Perez, who did play very nicely, showcased some potential set-piece ability, question mark. Um, I liked how he was always around the ball in the second half. I really appreciated his offensive output. Um, And honestly, I'm very, very glad that we picked him up. I I think he's a very nice addition to the Tampa Bay Rowdies organization. Um, Kleeman was uh, subbed out in the 56th for J.J. Williams, so he did change the formation kind of early on in the second half there. Um, and it really did show wonders because we were tied up. You know, we needed an offensive breakthrough because they were playing very good defense. This is a team that's one of the worst in the league, and they really did come out and ball. And they played their hearts out, and I'll give it to Hartford Athletic. I, I was shitting on these guys, you know, last episode, but... I mean, genuinely, they played a really full sound ball for USL Championship League, but they also showcased pretty good defensive capability. And I know they were without most of their starters because of the COVID situation going on with Hartford Athletic, but it was still kind of crazy to see them put up such a fight. Um, And then obviously, once J.J. Williams got in, we got to see more chances. Um, But in the 68th minute, Guillen did get a yellow, so that's a little unfortunate. Um, we got to watch out for that because I, you know, I don't want my defenders out there getting, you know, yellows because I, we can't have another suspension issue because we saw Lasso get suspended for the Pittsburgh game and we lost one nil. That's a goal. The Lasso would have not let go by in the first three minutes. I don't want to see Gwian go through that same issue. Uh, Hilton was subbed out 
in the 68th minute for Jan Ekra, and Jan Ekra had a really nice late half stretch, but I did want to talk about Lewis Hilton. His first game back from injury in a long while, he really was all around the ball and was really showcasing his passing ability. He looks in shape, looked a little gassed out there. Um, he's an old boy, but he is a really good like piece for us on the pitch. Um, you know, he took a shot or two, nothing crazy, but he really was kind of creating chances. So I appreciate that out of his position. Um, and Jan Ekra came in and filled that responsibility perfectly. That's great depth. I'm glad that our, some of our bench is starting to come back a little bit. Uh, Jake LaCava also had a little bit of a rough game. Um, I just wanted to touch up on the fact that, you know, his motor has not really been there. He had a couple of good passes, um, but just nothing, you know, wild in a sense. Um, and I've just been kind of disappointed out of him in the past three games. So just, you know, something to keep an eye on if you're a Rowdies fan. I just want to look, I want to see more out of him, man. You know, I, he's come, he's on loan from Inter Miami. I want to see him actually showcase some of that ability that, you know, got him to the MLS in the first place. But he was subbed out for Ariel Martinez. And I'll get into Ariel Martinez in a little bit. But uh, Charlie Dennis did rack up a yellow card in the 76th minute. Jan Ekra even racked up a yellow card in the 82nd minute, which is not good to come out, you know, it's not a good sign coming from a sub, not a good, you know, kind of disciplinary, like, performance by Jan Ekra, but overall, really good movement and placement by him with the ball, overall, a really good possession player, um, but Cal Jennings was also subbed out for Lucky Mokosana in the 83rd, uh, 83rd minute, and I love Lucky Mokosana, uh, I think he's just something special, man. And he almost got a goal. Very close to a goal, as well as very close to an assist. He is a super sub. He is one of the most, you know, kind of infamous players in the USL Championship League in the past 20 years, in my opinion. Just look at his stats. He is a very, very likable player. You know, it's a guy you want to follow and root for, but he does have that super sub class. Um, and he does come out there and showcase his ability. And I think I know he's a little older now, but I think he'll come back next year as well, as long as Leo Fernandez and some of our you know, key pieces return. Um, but Oreo uh, Martinez scored in the 90th minute against his former club, Hartford Athletic. What a storyline. Oreo Martinez is a very special player to me. 38, Caden and I are really big fans of him. Very good possession ball guy, and you know he has really good touch. He's kind of the veteran presence slash like almost a coach out there on the pitch. Still can do it. Um, he's 38, like I said. He's from Cuba. Um, really enjoy watching him play. You'll you'll realize okay, that's a very large bald man out there in the pitch. You know that's that's Ariel Martinez, and he showcased his touch. He dropped the ball right down there. It was it was beautifully sent into him, and he dropped it with good touch good class and sent it in with good form and that was awesome to see out of him with a little super sub moment of his own against his former team which is just a storyline um, but he is one of the you know one of my favorite you know I know it's you know crazy to kind of say but he, him and you know Forrest Lasso some of these guys are like genuinely some of my favorite soccer players of all time just because it's you know it's it's, it's it's my team you know it's right down the road it's 30 minutes away Al Lang shout out to Al Lang you know, we did win there. We're, we're 9-2-2 two two at home. We're 6-4-3 and three away. 
We're on a four-game win streak. The last five games were 4-1-0. and zero. Our overall record is 15-6-5. We are showing that we can do this. We need to maintain pace, utilize some of our pieces coming back. Hopefully Sebastian Delgard returns in fashion. A little behind on the scheduled um, you know, time frame. Uh, by honestly three games you know we said we heard it was a month and now it's been nearly eight weeks so I, I'm not sure what's going on there and I really hope that he's ready and he's going to be 100% we need to warm him up and get him ready for playoff time because we are rather close I mean we have what six games left until playoff but we did with our win over Hartford Athletic already secure a um a playoff berth. We clinched our spot in the playoffs this year. So obviously you can sit here and say these other games are meaningless. No, they're not. We need to come out here in true form, become first in the East, and show what we can do. Let's go into some of our player stats with a little checkup here. Just to go over, like as of now, what our guys are working with, what the stat lines and goal contributions are like looking like. And also, you know, we're, we're definitely going to get into predictions for the next game. Um, which is actually tomorrow. They play on Wednesday, so they're in the final time slot of this week. And then they also play it on Saturday against Louisville in Alang. So it's going to be interesting to see a short week um, will do for the Rowdies. Will they stay in form? Will they show you know, their ability to, uh, to, obviously, all season they've overcome adversity, but can they do it you know, in the physical way as well? Um, Cal Jennings has... Wow. Shots on target this year, 21. 32 shots total in 11 uh, goals. Um, right foot goals, 6. Left foot goals, 4. Okay. Um, and what's this? Headed goals, 1. And then he has 11 goals inside the box. Goals total, 11. So, let's looks like... All of his goals, <clears throat> excuse me, have gone down <coughs> within the goalie box. Very interesting. And for Charlie Dennis, one of my personal favorites on the team, 36 shots, 18 shots on target, 9 goals, 1 right foot goal, 8 left foot goals, 8 goals within the box, and 1 goal Outside the box. Dayon Harris, 12 shots, only six, only six shots on target this year. One goal, one right foot goal, one goal inside the box. Felix Schroeder, who's no longer with the club, three shots, two shots on target, one goal, and one left foot goal, and that was inside the box. Forrest Lasso has a goal, and it was a headed goal. Uh, which obviously that's just Forrest Lasso. Um, who else here? J.J. Williams, 42 shots, 18 shots on target, 10 goals, 3 right foot goals, 4 left foot goals, 3 headed goals, 8 goals inside the box, 2 outside the box. Jake Ottoman, he has 7 shots, 5 shots on target, 2 goals, 2 left foot goals, and 2 goals inside the box. And when I say I'm, those are not total, I'm, the goal total is what I'm saying, but like the, the stats after is showing what they're doing to get the goal type shit. 
But Jake LaCaba, 16 shots, 12 shots on target, 3 goals, 2 right foot goal, 1 left foot goal, and then 3 inside the box. Very underwhelming stat lines for, from him. I mean, his, his accuracy, his shot accuracy is very solid. But just the overall goal contribution, and I, I'm not even looking at assists here. Um, I'm gonna, I'll go to general. Wow, Andrew Guillen's only been subbed off one time this year out of 26 starts. He has over 2,300 minutes played. That's insane. Eurio Martinez, for instance, 15 games played, 3 starts, subbed off twice, only 436 minutes. That's crazy, Guillen. And then jo- uh, Jordan Doherty, 25-20, wow, he hasn't missed a game Almost 2,300 minutes. Damn. Joshua Perez, already 115 minutes. That's really good. Connor Antley, who also really showed out against Hartford Athletic. Utilizing his offensive capabilities um, really shocked me. Um, Not in a bad way, but like every week he seems to be getting better and better at not only just handles, but just overall dribbling, just accuracy creating chances it's kind of insane and i really i really enjoy how how insanely awesome that he's been <laughs> the the past 3 or 4 honestly ever since Nikki Law came here and maybe Nikki Law's kind of influencing him and rubbing off on him uh in that kind of mentor way because that was Nikki Law's position if i'm not mistaken with us last year and Nicky Law scored against Miami FC in the playoffs last year in 2022. So this is a guy that still knows the game because he's still pretty much on the pitch. Um, but I guess we can go ahead and get into Wednesday's game, September 6th. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies are going to be playing at AutoZone Park. Uh, obviously, that's going to be in Memphis. We're going to be playing Memphis 901 FC. Hopefully, we can come out on top. Obviously... You know, we're traveling. I think we can do okay there. But I think the main thing is, are we going to be able to recover for Louisville? Because these are two must-win games. Louisville's obviously the bigger threat, standing at that number four position in the Eastern Conference. And Memphis 901 FC is at that sixth spot. And Memphis 901 FC has actually only won two of their last five. They have two wins, two draws, and a loss. So I'm actually kind of, in their last three, they don't even have a win. So I'm a little more on the upward trend of we're going to win against Memphis 901 FC 2-0. A little bit of a subtle victory against them because they're on a downward trend here. Um, And we are the better team. We're the better offense against a worse defense. They have seven losses this year. They're 10, 7, and 9. They've tied 9 times. Okay. Yeah, so they're definitely kind of a mid-table club in the East. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 against Memphis 901 FC on uh, Wednesday. And we'll have to pump out two uh, Rowdies episodes in one week. First time we've done that. I don't think they've played on Wednesday yet this year. So that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, no, I think we'll win 2-0. I think it's going to go... Charlie Dennis gets one assisted by Cal Jennings, and then Cal Jennings will get one assisted by Jake Otterman. So I, I think we'll get the win there on Wednesday night, and then hopefully we get a nice 
um, a, a win over Louisville, but that'll be discussed, obviously, after the Memphis 901 FC discussion, review, recap, and uh, then we'll get into the predictions of that game. I apologize for not having all the boys with me tonight. I mean, school, work, so many combos and factors and things that kind of will um, impede on everyone's schedule. But we really hope you uh, you all are enjoying the show, enjoying the episodes, enjoying the content out there. We're actually going to be posting um, some more YouTube content. If you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, make sure you check it out at Tea Time Reports. Uh, we have our first little intro video up there now. Um, really hope that you guys you know just like it, maybe comment on it. Um, maybe even sub to the channel would be greatly appreciated. Um, but, uh, again, I do apologize for not having the boys on for this episode. I know they would probably want to talk about it. I just wanted to get it out because Wednesday tomorrow is the game. So I wanted to kind of have that as a fresh slate to kind of take notes, you know, have a whole new, uh, whole new view. Cause I don't want to be talking about Hartford athletic when we're going to be discussing Memphis 901 FC pretty much if not tomorrow night, then the day after to record. Um, but yeah, no, Memphis 901 FC, if we just go a little more in depth, obviously they're 10, 7, and 9. At home, they're 4, 4, and 4. Away, they're 6, 3, and 5. Um, they're on a streak of uh, one tie. Um, and then their last five, 2, 1, and 2, really not convincing me that they're going to be anything uh, intimidating going into Wednesday's game. Um, let's look at their team stats here. Let's check this out. So in the 26 games played, obviously they've won 10. What's their defense? Goals conceded, 39, one and a half per game. They have they have seven clean sheets, two penalties conceded, 66% tackle rate, 48% of their duels are won. Aerial duels, only 46% of them are won. We already know it's going to be 0% against Forrest Lasso. Distribution-wise, 79% uh, success rate on their passes, so they're a good passing team. They have over 12,000 total passes this year, um, over 9,000 successful passes. Passes per 90 minutes, around 466.5. Their long pass success rate is a little worse, actually a lot worse at 48%, not even 50%. Not even half of their long passes are connecting, it looks like, so that's really bad. Um... It looks like a lot of their passes go predominantly forward, so they are an aggressive type team. Um, but it looks like they probably cause a lot of turnovers and, and interceptions. Um, but they're yeah, and it looks like eighty-eight percent of it is on their own half of the pitch. Average possession is fifty-four percent. Successful crosses fifty-one on the year. Total open play crosses two hundred twenty-two. Let's go and look at some of their players we need to look out for here. Just just to brief us up on some context, we'll try and go more in depth like this every episode now regarding the Rowdies and some of their USL Championship League uh, rivals and opponents, obviously. But uh, it's looking like we're going to have to watch out for Laurent Casidou. Uh, he's having a decent year, 25 shots, 14 on target, 4 goals. They're all inside the box, though, so he's not a long ball guy. Still... Some guy we want to watch out for. We want to watch out for Luis Fernando. 18 shots, 7 on target, 6 goals, 5 in the box, 1 out the box. Uh, Knight Pickering, uh, we need to look out for him as well. 13 shots, 6 on target, 4 goals, 3 in the box, 1 outside the box. Uh, shout out to Philip Goodrum. 58 shots, 28 on target, 9 goals, 
Nine in the box. Yeah, this is the guy from the MLS that we need to watch out for more than any of these guys. Maybe besides Rodrigo da Costa, 45 shots, 22 on target, nine goals. They're all in the box. Um, yeah, those are the two guys, honestly. Fuck everyone else. It's Philip Goodrum and Rodrigo da Costa are the guys we want to watch out for. Let's Let's check their defense. Aaron Malloy is really good on their defense. 57 tackles, 44 interceptions. Um, four blocks, 37 tackles, one. 247 duels, 103 of them, 133 of them are one. Aerial duels, 29, and he won 17 of them. Uh, we also want to watch out for Akeem Ward. He looks pretty solid. 48, uh, 45 clearances, and... 42 interceptions and 58 tackles and 40 tackles won. So, yeah, 233 duels, 120 of them won. Not really an aerial guy, though, so we have JJ on that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, the only guy that really might be able to pull, like promote challenge, maybe Graham Smith and Aaron Malloy. Um, maybe Carson Vomstig. But that, that's about it. Bruno Lapa looks okay, but he looks like he's more of a kind of a defensive like midfielder, so he's not really going to be bothering us much with the possession ball that we play. Discipline, yellow cards. Aaron Malloy has four. Fouls won 40. Fouls conceded 33. Okay, so they give up shit 39. Fouls conceded by Akeem Ward. Jeremy Kelly, 39 fouls conceded. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to be getting a penalty in this, and that's where Charlie Dennis is going to score his one uh, goal. And I think I'm actually going to probably revise my statement. I'm going to say that um, Charlie Dennis gets a penalty. He gets one that way, and then Cal Jennings is going to assist J.J. Williams on a goal. So those are my predictions for the player um performances and obviously my score prediction is going to be two nil and i think we come out we come out of memphis on top but uh, again thank you everyone for tuning in to this coverage of the tampa bay rowdies we really hope you appreciate this usl championship league and tampa bay rowdies coverage if you guys want to get more involved with the show the podcast all of us make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms tiktok twitter or slash X, Instagram threads at Tea Time Reports, as well as our YouTube channel at Tea Time Reports. Make sure you're subbed on there. We have content coming and more to, more to come on the way. So thank you very much for tuning in. This is Trevor, and this is the Tampa Bay Rowdies um, coverage. And assalamu alaikum. Forza Rowdies. Peace.